ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, strap in for the podcast that is that much like the roaches in your wall, the rats in the ceiling, they're not going anywhere. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Messed Up Midnight Podcast, the show that is the show that's here to bring you just about the worst. The, the worst movies you've ever seen. We're we're delving deep into the into the dumpster behind West Hollywood. We're here to dig out all of all of the crap that that you that you don't have that you didn't have the guts to guts to look for back in the day. And I'm your host uh, for this episode, not normally, uh, Michael Flaherty, and I'm joined by the Sharknado to my Avalanche Sharks. It's Max Steele. Max, how you doing, buddy? So, so are you saying I'm the Sharknado? I'm the much, I'm the like much more better, well known version of something yeah, exactly. that was always. <laughs> you're you're the better off one. You're 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 good timeline. You're good timeline. <laughs> I mean, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, Avalanche Sharks. I don't know if you know this, Mike. It was our most downloaded episode, and you know we haven't talked about Sharknado yet. So, <laughs> for I some mean, fucking reason, it's wait now. It's like now, now we now we're gonna now we we may fall into the same trap that the Sci Fi Channel did when Sharknado came out, which is go shit. I guess we're a Shark Channel now. <laughs> just, I think there's already a podcast all the that shark. does that. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's just, we're coming for all the Shark Week stuff that comes out. We're do, we're doing Shark Shark Sharknado's one through like six or whatever. We're here for it. We're here for it. Well, well, I was like, I'll, I'm just going to jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. This is our this is our one year anniversary episode. I think we're about a day off, but approximately one year ago. We did uh we did our first episode, uh, which was uh which uh Max, do you remember what our first episode was? Uh yes, if I remember correctly, it was the classic in the bad movie verse. It's motherfucking samurai cop, dude. It was. It was fucking it was samurai cop, and I just gotta say, I do feel like <laughs> I do feel like that is a movie that I, I'm feeling conflicted about our choice for our first movie. Because, like, mm-hmm. on one hand, Samurai Cop's a banger. It is a banger and a half. On the other hand, I feel like we went too hard too early. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like my God. I feel like if we covered Samurai Cop now, oh, it'd be a different podcast entirely. Well, dude, I mean, looking at, like, our first couple of episodes, um, we're going to get into kind of a little bit of the behind the scenes in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, looking at our first episodes, we got Samurai Cop. We have Nacho Libre. We have Chopping Mall. We have Mac and Me. Like, we got some heavy fucking hitters in those first episodes. And I think after that, we were like, okay, we, we might need to, we might need to step off the gas a little bit. Otherwise, we're, we're not even going to make it to one year. So then we started, like, varying it up. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, man, mm-hmm. congratulations on making it a year, dude. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm picking up, I'm picking up my mug full of, <laughs> full of, Definitely, definitely not. Definitely not a whiskey coffee. And I'm cheersing you, my friend. We we've we've been here for we have been doing this for a year. So I feel like we at least deserve a pat on the backs. Do we? I mean, we've we've had to watch this movies and these movies. And you know, I I want to give a shout out real quick. Okay, first shout out I want to give is to uh, my girlfriend. She has watched a good portion of these movies with me. Like she watched. Every single, I think she was there for every single Texas Chainsaw movie and picked up movies, you know, here and there. So 
Lauren, thank you so much for being by my side during this podcast and watching a lot of this just absolute trash with me. And and the second shout out I want to give to is um, our buddy Nathan over at the Postmodern Art Podcast. He was the first person to really give us a shout out. And Nathan, I just want to let you know if you're listening, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for thank you so much for giving us a shout out and your kind words and advice. Yeah, and you know what? Since we're all doing thanks as if we're at the Oscars, um, I'm here to I'm here to show uh, throw a few thanks uh, in a few people's directions as well. Uh, I do have to send a thank you to my roommate uh, Mitchell, <laughs> dude. I don't know what has possessed you to watch this these dog shit movies, but <laughs> hell, man, you've sat through you sat through more than a few of them, so I appreciate it. And also, yeah, to my girlfriend too, Romina, I appreciate that. That's it's. <laughs> you also sat through a bunch of the Texas Chainsaw movies. Coincidentally, not the first two, i.e. the only ones worthwhile. But yay, you sat through them. So I appreciate that. And also a very quick shout out to, uh, I'll do a shout out to my parents for, mm -hmm. for suggesting some insane ass movies. Some movies, that, some movies that I would never have uncovered back just back in the day. Like some, like stuff like The Legend of Buckaroo Banzai. And I think Chopping Mall and a night to and uh, what is it? Not a night to dismember, but I dismember Mama. That's another mm -hmm. one. Like these are all suggestions from my folks on just ridiculous movies that they remembered. And I, I just appreciate them having them delving back deep and uncovering just these horrible movies. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited well, with this podcast episode. We're going to kind of kind of be peeling back the curtain a little bit, you know, sharing some of our favorite memories, giving you all a behind the scenes look into things and, you know, just some of the goings on behind the scenes. And uh, mm -hmm. Mike, I don't have anything else to say. Um, if you just want to, if you just want to get right into it, I'm down if you yeah, are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's jump right into it. <laughs> so how about we start off by describing kind of how this podcast came to be mike mike why don't, why don't you start off from your perspective actually before we even get there mike how did you get into movies all right <laughs> i do like the i i can i can say let me sit back and just like pull out my pipe like i'm on a rocking chair and an old granddad just be like well when i was a kid no uh so okay so back when i was back when i was like a little kid most kids are like oh like why don't you go like go out and like go outside and play in like the woods or like go play with like other kids or stuff like that. I, where I, where I grew up, there was like, there was no fun. There were no kids. All the kids were teenagers and they were all more interested in like smoking weed and listening to some 41 than hanging out with an actual like six year old. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'll just wander around outside for a couple hours, then go back inside. And because I wasn't one of those kids who had like a Super Nintendo or like an N64 or PlayStation. My default was just the TV. So I was, I, I was like, I developed this like repository of just useless 90s and 2000s movies and information. And as a result of that, by proxy, I just got subjected to movies. A bunch of movies that I probably shouldn't have been seeing back in the day as, as like a child. Like, 
the OG Terminator at age seven, I don't think is a real wise decision. But you know what? When Spike TV shows that Star Wars and really weird commercials at 10 a.m., you know what? You just start to like just just go with the flow. <laughs> RIP to Spike TV. RIP to Spike TV. <laughs> Spike TV it was weird as hell can we just can we just talk about that it was like spike tv and g4 were like these weird cultural God, moments yeah i miss g4 dude g4 was weird <laughs> but i but i love it i do miss g4 no but uh no so if essentially what what came to be was i because i didn't have access to like consoles or anything like you could only play little internet games like I don't know. I'm trying to think of internet games like Fancy Pants Adventure or, or Run 2 or mm. whatever until Blues. you get bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, so essentially what happened was is I would just sit down with my parents, my sister, my mom, and pretty much watch any movies I could find. So and that's how I essentially just like, just got really just deep into the movie world. And then, and then I was, we'll get into how the podcast came about, but let me, let me flip it on its head. Max, how the hell? How the hell did? How the hell did you get into movies? So, you know, as every kid did, you had you had your selection of movies that you really liked as a kid. And, you know, I never really thought about movies as like a thing that I want to you know get into or do until I was about in like middle school. I would say, you see, I, I had kind of like developed a little bit more of a creative side, I guess, and I had a I had this guy that me and him would like talk about like this these like ideas for like movies and stuff and wanting to like go out and make the things and he like we started talking about this idea and then one day just kind of out of the blue I was like you know what? I'm going to I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write the script for this thing and I did and god I hope the internet does not find that thing because <laughs> holy shit it was so cringy much like any other middle school writing <laughs> exactly it's like it's it's like when you as like a middle schooler or early high schooler are like I'm going to write down these new song lyrics or I'm going to write this movie script and you're like it's going to be different and edgy and it just looks like <laughs> It just looks like some some edgy anime character wrote it, and you're like, and then like, like it's it's just some really hardcore thing that you're that just makes you go, what the hell? It it's it kind of blurs the line between fan fiction and just whatever the fuck you came up with as a kid. So that's kind of like how it began, and I started like writing the script, and I kind of fell in love with that process. And then I started thinking like, okay, well, what other what other movies like are out there? And I started venturing off and then like I started watching – I watched the movie 127 Hours and for some reason just watching a movie that took place entirely in one location, I was like, okay, so, so there's more to movies than meets the eye. And that just really kind of put me down the path of wanting to learn about movies, to watch like good movies, to make movies and then – how we got into some of the movies that were that we covered on this podcast kind of goes back to my college days of you know me and the boys sitting around having you know having like drinking cracking and watching the room like that's oh, kind of yeah. like that's like mm-hmm. the, that's like kind of how this thing like really kind of planted the seed of like okay like you can have like you can watch and enjoy a really good movie but then you can also kick back with some of your friends and just watch like I know what you did last summer, 
and just yeah. fucking drink and make like and play drinking games with the movie. And it's and both are a fun, amazing time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. See, what was so interesting is is that point in time when I just when I realized that you could have an you could derive an equal amount of enjoyment from drinking and watching some of the worst movies you've ever seen versus sitting down having sips and watching a good movie because there is there are very few things better in my opinion than you sitting down with a bunch of your friends cracking open a few drinks and just laughing like mm-hmm. it is just hilarious with, with the way some of these work hey, a lot a lot of them a lot of them are just bad but oh, yeah. the ones oh, yeah. the ones that are funny like oh my god i wouldn't trade it for the world hey if I'm being honest, like I, I found I, the group a group I a group I, I I used to know in uh, high school and still hang out with to this day. I, I remember at one point just like just like just reaching out to one of them, being like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And they're like, "Oh, we're having our like bad movie night." And I was like, "What the hell is that?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, well, we sit down, we 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 go to a local video store, we buy like five or six DVDs of movies that sound ridiculous, and we watch them and we drink." And I was like. Well, sign me up. I was like, that sounds awesome. And lo and behold, that's where I that's where this idea got into my head. Is just those good times that I had mm-hmm. just sitting around and just watching just the most ridiculous ass movies. And so me and Mike, we both kind of had this like love and enjoyment of just schlocky movies, but we had known each other again for a very long time, like back in the days of a uh, old high school cross country. That's how we Mm -hmm, met. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the friend, the friendship just kind of blossomed when we both like discovered we were both metal heads and also (laughs) liked what, and also liked Requiem for a dream. (laughs) It was dude. It was, that was the weirdest. That was the weirdest situation. It was literally, it was like the, it was like, it was like the Spider-Man meme where it's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. We're like, Oh my God, you're a tall, you're a tall, lanky white guy who likes, who likes Motorhead and watching and watching Requiem for a Dream and not going, holy shit, I can't watch this ever again. Whoa, let's be friends. Yeah, so dis- despite despite our vast uh, differences in running speed. <clears throat> oh, felt, all right. Like- okay. <laughs> you run like a cha- you run like an, a 60-year-old chain smoker and suddenly like everyone's still- a fucking comedian. Hey, I was still faster than you and went on to run in college, so kiss my ass. Hey, you shuffled. You granny shuffled, all right? you <laughs> Still faster than you, though. Still faster than you. <laughs> Damn. All right. Fine. Fine. I know what I'm wrong. So, so yeah, we just kind of like we started hanging out at cross country practice and that kind of evolved into just like the two of us like getting in my car and just getting into shenanigans and, you know, the friendship just kind of, you know, usually when you graduate from high school, you know, you have like maybe a couple of people that stick around, but for the large part, you forget about everybody else. But, you know, me and Mike just stayed friends all the way through college and got into our own shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. That's always that's always my favorite thing is I always remember and granted every high school, every high schooler of the sun experiences this. But in my brain, I just always heard my parents be like, hey, you know, realistically, high school is not the be all end all. Most of the people, you know, you're going to fall out of touch with and that's okay. That's just how that's just how life goes. 
Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as the high schooler, I was like, no, these are my these are my friends for life. And I'm going to like and it's I'd, I'm going to remember that one time in AP world history, I flunked a test. This is <laughs> this will remain with me like and like. Lo and behold, they're fucking right. But yeah, no, <laughs> us staying in contact and just like just even 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 well into like college days where you and I would just like call each other and just be like, hey, want to just go do something absolutely idiotic? And then afterwards go, all right, cool. Do you want to watch Hackers now? Like that was always my favorite is always we would always do something really, really blindingly stupid and then go. Ah, cool. Now let's watch Hackers or some dumb or so I know what you did last summer or Cube. That was my, that was another favorite of mine. I remember I remember Cube. I remember us watching that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we just like again just remained in contact throughout, mm-hmm. you know, college, and then later on when we both graduated, and then Mike, Mike, you stay you you were still in college while I was um, out working, and I was like living in South Georgia, so we were still apart, but still you know maintaining that contact, and then you yeah. graduated. And then mm-hmm. I moved back up to Atlanta and, you know, we started, you know, hanging out on, on the regular. Oh, and, yeah. And I think both of us just did that, like, stereotypical white guy in, you know, in mid to late 20s, looked at each other and was like, want to start a podcast? <laughs> that was that's, that was my favorite thing. It's like, it's just, it's, you know, as, as, as you know, as a white guy in his mid-20s, you try and make sure that you don't fall into every stereotype under the sun. But you know what? We looked at those and we went, yes, and. We, we took out, we put on our improv shoes and went, we're going to do all of that and more. Are we going to talk about movies a lot? You bet we are. Are we going to start a podcast? Sign us up. Like it's just we just checked out a bunch of lists on shit white guys in their mid 20s are really into and just and just decided let's make this into a podcast. And, and that was that was really funny. I even remember the day when we started to do that because it was literally you and me in your, in your car and we were both talking and then the conversation went from ha ha ha. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we like, like uh, started a podcast? Ha ha ha. That'd be crazy. And then we started accent. Then we sort of Mr. Magooed ourselves into workshopping. And then we went, Oh shit. Oh, Oh, this is going to happen. Isn't it? And then, then lo and behold, we started doing it. I mean, dude, look at, like I said, looking at those like first, Three. Well, actually, our listeners might not know four. this, but we, but we actually recorded four episodes in Mike's basement, in like in your dad's office. On like we used Audacity and just some, what what microphone was it that we used that we oh just my God. It, it around. A, it was a fifteen-year-old Audio Technica microphone <laughs> that I found digging through like my like everyone. Every family has that one closet that every that. That you're like, we don't talk about that closet. Not like you have skeletons or like corpses or something in the closet, but it's literally just filled with a bunch of shit that no one likes to open because then they have to like put a bunch of shit back. And that was, and that's our closet. And I just ended up digging. I was like, I was like, Dad, I need AV equipment. I need a microphone. And he's like, Go check the back. And I'm like, All right. So I dug through. I found this microphone from like 2004, and I went, This will work. <laughs> It was like one step away from just recording the podcast, just on the mic on our phone. 
literally, literally, we were we were a couple steps away from just going. You know what? Would would the phone sound better? I do remember us like like literally clicking record on the phone, putting it down, and talking, and then going, "Oh no, this sounds terrible." <laughs> it just sounded like just sounded like we were in a wind tunnel. It was God. It's just it's just the entire time. It just everyone was peeking and it was just like and it is also sounded hollow at the same time. It was so odd. Yeah. But, so like the the first couple of movies that we recorded, it was like like I said, Samurai Cop, Nacho Libre, Chopping Mall. And Mike, do you want to tell them what the fourth movie we did? OK. All right. So, of course, listeners, that we have we have the first three movies. Samurai Cop, Nacho Libre, and Chopping Mall. Classic, classic movies that, it, it, that are near and dear to Max and I's hearts in, in, mm-hmm. in one way or another. We, you know what? We tried to do, we tried to do uh, a new bad movie. We were like, okay, so we had done, a, we'd done a more relatively recent good movie. We've done two you know, one movie that's classic bad movie, and then a mm-hmm. movie that's you know it's bad, but it's a little under the radar. So we were like, okay, how about we do a new bad movie? And the new bad movie at that time, Space Jam Two, <laughs> a new legacy. And I gotta say. <laughs> That movie, I that 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 episode, that movie's tough. I, god damn it, that movie was bad, and it was really funny because listening to the listening to the audio recordings of that, you can obviously tell that we were struggling to find jokes for that movie. We were we did not have the we did not have the required improv bouncing off of each other chemistry props to make jokes about Space Jam yet. Cause so it is just rough silences and coughing and no, no, you, you know, you go ahead say what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like go, thinking back on like space jam two, if we record that episode now, it would just like, what we'd probably say is a lot about, uh, Oh, I don't know how they just fucking like took every single property that Warner bros had and just put them in the background of this thing that was yeah. going on. Exactly. It's as if they just took like if they had a ledger, like like an old ledger of just all of the characters that they owned, legally speaking, and then just put it on a copy machine and just went, yeah, all these bitches are coming in. (laughs) We're going to go everything from Tweety Bird to fucking a clockwork orange. All right. It's everything's coming out. And you're like, oh, what? Which feels like a very strange combination of things to include together oh yeah but that 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 was that was a tough podcast <laughs> so so you'll have to bear with us and take our word for it when we say that was that was a not good podcast like the like granted hindsight 2020 the 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 first couple episodes that we recorded sound rough mm-hmm. they sound they sound rough that being said i still believe that those are miles and miles better Miles and miles better than Space Jam. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, take our word for it. It's not. Ooh, that that we're, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that stays buried down. <laughs> that that's like our that's like our skeleton in the closet that you guys are just mm-hmm. never gonna hear unless like unless yeah. we get to like 
unless we both decide if we get like a certain number of followers or downloads or whatever. Then yeah, exactly. Maybe exactly. we'll release it. Maybe if we get a if we get a certain number of downloads or whatever, then yeah, we'll do it. But mm-mm. stay tuned for that. So, oh, so God. yeah, so that that's how like the first couple of episodes got started, and then like life got pretty busy. And that was back in like what ended like twenty twenty one. Like end of the year yeah. around that time, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was twenty twenty one September is when we started, and then yeah, we took a hiatus, yeah, because just both of our lives got busy, and then fucking Mike decided to leave my ass and fly all the way to <laughs> Chicago, you know, because he has a job out there or some shit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's look at me pursuing a career and 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 attempting fiscal responsibility and in financial independence. It's, it's, I'm a real asshole over here. <laughs> you fucking dweeb. <laughs> Look at this nerd trying to be trying to be independent. So yeah, so you went off to Chicago, but then once you got settled, we were like, okay, let's let's pick this back up, and we started doing remote recording, and then got a couple of episodes under our. How many episodes do we get under our belt before we before we started releasing them? Oh, geez, I think we got. Oh, I remember because we had our tack on of three episodes, and we recorded another like five or six. We mm-hmm. just we just really just put the pedal to the metal and from January to uh January to around like Mar no no it's like April. It was literally like mm-hmm. April. We we just we just put the pedal to the metal recorded once a week until around <clears throat> around April fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And then we April fifteenth is when we dropped our first podcast. Was so we had like nine Yeah, it was April fifteenth. I'll thought- I'll double check but um, yeah, I think because I'm because I got our website up here and it looked like Nacho Libre was April 13th, but I think it was like early oh. April was about like when we yeah yeah when early we April it. yeah early yeah. April there we go that's the best way to say it but yeah, yeah and and in case you guys were wondering like we we haven't missed a week like since we've started nope. and that's something that's something I am amazingly proud of like even yeah. through like holidays <laughs> even through like even through Texas Chainsaw Month which God oh my I, God. we're gonna. We're going to talk about our, our months here at some point during yeah, this podcast. Absolutely. We have to. But yeah, like we like we we didn't miss a week and that's something that I am mm-hmm. that I'm incredibly proud of. Yeah, that's actually something that I really like. Uh, granted, I uh, there are certain episodes that I'm like um, really, really proud of that I really love. And I and I'm and I happily hang my hat on and go like, yeah, this is great. I really enjoyed this. Mm hmm. But yeah, the, the the fact that we managed to pursue through, my God, through Texas Chainsaw Month, was that that yeah, I'm I'm proud that we were able to no matter what happened, no matter what happened, we consistently put out like mm-hmm. there was no there was no time where you and I went oh we'll take a week we'll we'll mm-hmm. do this ah we'll do that it was nope. We got to put out once a week, and we did put out once a week, no matter what. So, and th- yeah. And I think that's also really important because, like, we recorded, we record, sometimes we record multiple episodes in a week just so we could have a little bit of a buffer because, you know, life does happen to the both of us. You know, Mike gets busy, yes. I get busy. And, you know, but that's why we always, you know, have a couple episodes in the pipeline just so we are sure we do not miss a week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's actually something that is actually something that I find really, really amazing. Is that 
We even even when because yeah, inevitably you cannot do once a week and then have and then like have nothing in the tank to mm-hmm. like protect you. You you gotta just have something just left over. But yeah, us being able to do that, us us recording twice a week, and is just that's that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, is there anything you want to cover? You want to talk about before we get into talking about some of some of the concoctions that we've made? Oh, all I all I gotta say is at least some point during this podcast, we gotta talk about the months. Oh, Whenever you, that happens, you, you want to talk proud. about you want to talk about the months right now. Let's talk. Want, let's, let's talk. I'm let's, ready. I'm ready. Let's, let's talk. Do the let's months. talk about the months right now. So okay, <laughs> we kind of hit a variety of movies when uh, before we decided we got to do something with our Lord and Savior, Nick Cage. Mike, why don't you tell us oh. a little bit about oh. Nick Cage month and how that came to be? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So Nick Cage is an actor near and dear. To maximize hearts for so many reasons, serious and unserious. Nick Cage is a fantastic Nick Cage. We love Nick Cage. We love Nick mm-hmm. Cage over here. He's he's done some genuinely good films that every that I recommend everyone see, and he's done some genuinely terrible films, which I recommend for everyone to see. He's he's a he's a dude who puts a hundred percent into just about everything, everything under the sun. So Max and I we turned to each other and just went. Nick Cage covers so much of what we what we do on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we do on the podcast, really, Nick Cage can be looped in effortless, effortlessly, mm-hmm. effortlessly. So how are we going to loop him in? And we thought to ourselves, well, how about we have ourselves a month where we take one actor or actress or just, yeah, just a person in Hollywood and we delve deep into their catalog. And we just sort of, we just sort of try and try and figure out if the person, if the person is a genuinely good actor or if they're just, if Hollywood has inflated them un- in an unwarranted manner, I guess is the mm-hmm. best way to say it. And of course, Nick Cage was a no-brainer for us. So we were like, cool, we want to do something with Nick Cage. We want to delve into his disco- into his filmography because god damn, he's got a lot of it. And just and just like, yeah, just peek behind the curtain. So that's how that's how Nick Cage month came to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like our selection of movie, like we missed a lot of movies with Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. gonna like if you love Nick Cage, don't worry, we're not done talking about him. But I yeah. mean, just by picking like The Wicker Man, uh, Ghost Rider, Mom and Dad, and Pig, and then the unbearable weight of massive talent as like our kind of epilogue piece. I think mm-hmm. that kind of encompasses everything that we love about Nick Cage. Now, yeah. Mike, what, what are some movies that you feel like we missed during Nick Cage month? Okay, all right. So I, I feel like though I feel like the big ones are early Nick Cage stuff. I really feel like early Nick Cage was something that we skipped on, and I actually think I mentioned this in our epilogue for Unbearable Way to Massive Talent. I think that with Nick Cage, his early stuff was the stuff that made Nick Cage a star in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. Moonstruck is an easy one. 
Moonstruck is it's the movie he did with Cher back in I think 87. It is fantastic. Oh mm-hmm. my god, Moonstruck is fantastic. And then you have also I think Leaving Las Vegas is a good one, Raising Arizona. But the one that I think was the most was the first uh modern day how the world knows Nick Cage, a Nick Cage movie was Con Air. Mm-hmm. My yep. god. Yep. Oh, Con Air is just is just beautiful. It is so magnificent. I love Con Air so much. And it is a shame that we missed all of these movies because the, all of these movies are great in their own way, be it be it for be it ironic reasons or for unironic reasons. But yeah, no, Nick Cage, Nick Cage definitely, definitely is coming back because I mean, I don't think either of us will allow him to not. No, no, listen, if we had to pick an actor to embody this podcast, obviously it would be Nick Cage. And for me, for me, I would have to pick. I feel bad that we didn't talk about Willie's Wonderland. Oh, God. And and Mandy, because like good because like those kind of fall in like a similar vein of like, you know, just being completely outrageous. Mandy was is actually a good movie, but in Mandy, we get Nick Cage covered in blood in his underwear. I think he's holding a carton of milk, just screaming to the high heavens. And then yeah. Willie's Wonderland, motherfucker doesn't say anything, but we still get those like classic Nick Cage facial expressions. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, honestly, both of those are fantastic. I, I I haven't seen Mandy and I genuinely want to watch Mandy. God mm-hmm. damn, Mandy is such a good damn movie. Uh, the I do have to say, I have to say Willie's Wonderland is one that I'm just that, that I just saw. I just I just remember hearing the description from a friend of mine, and I just went, oh, it's Five Nights at Freddy's, but with Nick Cage. And they went, if, essentially, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How could how could we forget this? So I'm I'm down, I'm ready to watch Willy's Wonderland. Good Lord. <laughs> so, OK, so Nick Cage month was our first, like, big celebrity month. But let's move on to talking a little bit about Texas Chainsaw Massacre month. Mike, how'd oh, that come to be? Oh, baby. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, with Messed Up at Midnight, very early on, well, well, actually, to start off, Max and I are both horror buffs. We love mm-hmm. horror. Horror is a huge, huge, huge uh, part part of our movie-loving sort of, like, uh, sort of, we, we really have a lot of stake in horror. We mm-hmm. really both hold horror close to our hearts. Some of our favorite movies are horror movies. And, you know, if there's anything film snobs know, it's that it's that Hollywood definitely likes to turn its nose up at horror. So this podcast very quickly became our sort of platform to sort of push everyone to just look at horror and go, oh, yeah, maybe there's something here, be it good or bad. But like horror is definitely something that we want everyone else to love as much as we love it. So very quickly, we established horror, specifically horror from the 70s and 80s, as being a sort of staple on the podcast. A bunch of those schlocky, sort of ridiculous horror movies that got turned out back in the back in the late 19th century. Just that was, or not 19th. I was going to say, what <laughs> movies are we talking? It's the old train robbery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my favorite horror movie. It's when Buster Keaton is running down the, st- down the street. No, no, no. The 20th century. So mm-hmm. 
<laughs> God damn it, that was a slip up. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So so essentially, we both we both decided that Halloween was kind of a prime sort of a prime time for us to really like go go headfirst into horror. And we decided that the best way to do that is because there's so is to do a franchise of sorts because there's so many of these horror movie franchises. Like everyone can think of like the Halloween franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, like and then Texas Chainsaw. And Texas Chainsaw is my favorite horror movie just because I think the effect it had on cinema cannot be understated. And and my co-host is a fan of Texas Chainsaw. I don't know if he's a. Mm-hmm. I think I think he really enjoys it, but I don't know if he. I, was, like, I like, I like, like Texas like, Chainsaw. Yeah. I like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, let's do all of Texas Chainsaw front to back, and we did all in one month, all nine movies, and it was one of those. <laughs> it was one of those that was that was the first time I feel like you and I both were in it for the love of the game. Like we mm-hmm. we're always we always are in this podcast, but we were doing this because we loved horror cinema, and, and the going got tough like mid to late October, where you and I would just get on twice. I think one time we did three times a week, where we yeah, just that, would sit down, we sit down and just look at each other in the face and just go, "Okay, all right, let's get this over with." All right, uh, and then just just try and get through it, just because. That, because that much of one of one franchise in one month just wears on you mm-hmm. just wears on you yeah and but. especially like when we would get because i mean the first half like i still think that our discuss like our discussion about texas about the original texas chainsaw massacre is probably our best like analysis and like discussion piece when we go behind the scenes and look at some of the stuff that happened but then once we got to like I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. What, which one's that one? The Next Beginning? or The, the Next the Generation. New, yeah. Next Generation. Once we got to Next Generation and then started going into like the remake, it it got kind of – it was like dragging. And then when we watched fucking Leatherface 2017. Oh, my God. That, that was that the was low tired. point. Yeah, that, that, that was, was definitely yeah. the low point. Yeah. Leatherface 2017 was definitely the low point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, I think I mean I think it's apt picking you know te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre as our first like Halloween double feature extravaganza. Yeah, and exactly. I'm, I'm curious to see what we do for this year. You know, I've, ha- I've had some, I've had some recommendations thrown my way. Oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard oh. Hellraiser series. I've heard the Hellraiser series from my mm-hmm. girlfriend, and I've also heard Halloween night like all the classic ones. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that the the thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to do Hellraiser because there are so many Hellraiser there movies. There are 11 Hellraiser movies. I think there are only like nine Texas Chainsaw movies. So we would be oh, like that would be that would be a God. rough fucking month. That would be that would be damn. We would be in it. We would be in <laughs> it for the long haul for Hellraiser month. So yeah, guys, we're still gonna be coming back to Celebrity Month this year. We're still gonna be coming back to our double feature extravaganza in October later this year. And then our hangover month as well. So guys, you just gotta you just gotta stay tuned for that. But Mike, oh yeah, I wanna the we, we did do our hangover month. I'm gonna mention some some of the movies a little bit later, so we'll probably just have to brush over that one for now. Because Mike, I want to talk about the cocktails. Oh, okay. The, All right, let's the, jump the, in. The let's things that in. we have made. Now, the first thing I want to ask you, Mike, how have your cocktails developed 
over this year. Okay. All right. So the way it's it's funny because if you've if you've stuck with the podcast or watched or listened to any of the early podcasts versus now, you can see at least and we're talking for me now, not for my co-host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see my cocktails have sort of sort of ebbed and flow in a very interesting way because when I first started off, I was thinking single items. I was like, what is the single thing that best embodies this movie? So uh, with Samurai Cop, I did, uh, that was the first one I ever did. And that was, uh, that was uh, a shot of cheap, cheap, cheap clearance aisle sake. And then a Coors, like a Coors Light or a Bud Light or something mm-hmm. like that. And you drop the two in and down the hatch. And I still think that, and I still think that, that that is a very good embodiment for the, for the movie. But what you can also see is that I sort of tested out various sort of ideas. I, I I tried different things to see what would best encompass a movie. And I think as I sort of started to get closer to, to the to, to our current date, I saw our our I saw my my drinks sort of sort of pick and choose from all that I tried over the years. So one thing I one thing after I sort of got my one thing I sort of after I sort of got comfortable with the idea is I started to do situations. Mm-hmm. So my favorite. So one thing that's a staple on 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 our podcast is the cocktails all income all also very commonly coincide with a certain scenario you're in that will make that will that, that just reminds you of this movie. So. One of the more recent ones is the is the drinking your cocktail while listening to positive affirmations, or the night to dismember one where it's uh where it's listening to game show music like 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 sort of like things that have to be going on, and then as I moved away from the situations, I began to just sort of take specific cocktails and then breaking them down and changing them. Uh, those classic ones like that are, I'm thinking glitter is a good one. Glitter is glitter. You and, uh, and happily never after. That's a very mm-hmm. recent one where it's, you take a actual cocktail itself and then change stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain point, I also tried to just make cocktails based on ingredients and how they related directly to the people. Mm-hmm. So a prime example is Santa Slay. For those of you that are watching Santa Slay, I literally picked out specific items and related them to specific characters and themes in the movie. And then it kind of, at a certain point, I think with Gili, it started to just sort of cement itself. It sort of became a sort of combination of all of it. You know, you have a scenario where you're drinking it and you have a specific cocktail that you've changed to best fit this sort of thing. And that's how that's how my cocktails have sort of sort of ebbed and flowed over the years. And I, I kind of like I kind of like seeing that trans that sort of that sort of experiment that I was unknowingly running throughout the year and how it sort of just I came to this final point. Now, if you had to pick like you're like, this is the drink that I am the most proud of, which which one would that be? The idea of what is my favorite cocktail is kind of a uh, kind of a problem that I've been bouncing bouncing around in my head for a really long period of time. 
I've been sort of fighting with, uh, I've just sort of, it's sort of been a little game I've played where I've just sort of gone Mm -hmm. through, gone through the, gone through the year and every episode going, oh, is this the one I hang my hat on? Is this the one I hang my hat on? And it's just always, it's always ended with like a, oh no, not this one, or oh, I missed this, or something like that. There's one that I had that I thought was the most involved and grandiose one that I made that I really love, that I'm going to just, that I'm going to name. But I don't know if it's my, I don't think it's my favorite one, or the one that Mm -hmm. I like the most. The, my, my, the cocktail I made for, um, for New Year's Eve. Mm. It is, it mm-hmm. is, I think about like eight different cocktails that, that all just got poured into one it is essentially you did, everything you did a from lot. like, it you did was a lot for that one. I remember that dude, I would, dude, I would nuts. I was just like, I was like in this, in this, in this, in this, it's just, I just remember hearing your, hearing you just go, holy shit. And I was like, yeah. So <laughs> I would, if I had to sit there and think of a specific one that made me go, Oh yeah, this feels very, this feels very like consistent with it is I think I'm between two things. I'm between the one I did for our, the one I did for one of our, one of our classics, Avalanche Sharks, and Mm -hmm. one of our personal favorites, Mom and Dad. So for Avalanche Sharks, I did Juice uh malt liquor energy drink which is a four loco knockoff from the early to mid 2000s or no it's mid to late 2000s and a pop of vodka 50 50 mix that you just crush and riot juice from the hit show (laughs) it's always sunny in philadelphia where it's literally just grain alcohol and power it blue powerade to taste um i think that both of those best encompass whatever movie we were discussing because Mm -hmm. What was your mom and dad? Mom and, mom and dad was Riot Juice. Okay, so it's literally okay, grain, gotcha. grain alcohol, grain alcohol and blue power rate. Gotcha. gotcha it's gotcha, literally gotcha. because, because, okay, the mom and dad cocktail, mom and dad hits the ground fucking running. I think they mm-hmm. waste, I think 10 minutes before they get into insane shenanigans and they do not stop to breathe ever. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is just, it is just like it, the, the movie is just, all of the characters are just thinking to themselves, please give me a reason to swing on a person. Please give me a reason to swing on him. I'm just begging for a reason. And then the juice and pop off vodka one, I feel like best encompasses the idea of a bad movie. Mm -hmm. You want a movie that's high energy, but it's stupid. You want something that's cheap. It's, it's a, it's a knockoff of a knockoff. It's, it's low effort. And it just gets you where you need to go. And performing the action that it was it set out to do, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like those best sit with the movies themselves. Mm-hmm. Now there are more there are more there are more intricate cocktails I've done, but I I'm 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 sort of a keep it simple sort of person. I think mm-hmm. that those two cocktails are my are my best ones personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I I fuck with those. Our mom and dad ones were really good. Like if I remember yeah. correctly, my my one for mom and dad was. What boomers would think top shelf like bourbon would be, but it's actually like eighty dollars, and then like yeah, exactly. cheap black instant <laughs> coffee, and then just a straight shot of absinthe. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uh, I think it's called the Daddy Cage back attack. Oh yeah, <laughs> Daddy Cage, are you there? I love I love I love that we have names for them. I just love some of these some of these we just off off rip just just thought of a name that I just thought was like hell yeah, dude. I'm crossing our fingers we release a bar book i really am dude that would be that would be awesome that would be awesome some of these some of these we would need to make you know not like pain not not actually damaging to your liver like like all the ones where we snuck ambien and like painkillers in we're just gonna strike (laughs) those because we don't want to get sued exactly we're just gonna be like we're gonna be like yeah you know what lawsuits will be abound if i tell someone they need to take ambien with liquor (laughs) well man dude i I love i love your drinks man i really do i think i think they've really grown over the year yeah absolutely absolutely i think i think so i think so as well now i want to flip the script here mm-hmm. before we get into before we get into the the other the other cocktail based questions i want to know your process how do you think you've developed over the years and which one are you hanging your hat on so like my knowledge of cocktails has grown immensely like we I love our bits that we've done with making these drinks, like with motherfucking melon liqueur. That is oh, like God. it's just like this this thing and this hatred of melons between the two of us. It's just it's it's dude. We are dude. This podcast is just like I I feel like it's both a requirement for both of us, both of our liquor cabinets to have melon liqueur in it, and both of us like don't want that. <laughs> so I feel like for mine, I tried to stick with like a classic cocktail and then like try to switch things out. I mean, I still do that to an extent now, but I feel like now I've, I've taken, I've taken your situation idea and just kind of brought that into my own thing. And I've also like started taking risks and coming up with my own drinks, for instance. Like I think back to our, uh, return of the living dead rave to the grave. Or I think that one for me was silver tequila, melon liqueur, a shot of vodka and then lemon Gatorade to really get the rain oh, yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it looks, it's glows like a glow stick. But like taking, taking like a drink that you could actually make versus like, I think my, like one of my drink for a nacho libre was a shot of tequila at a tenacious D concert. So a, a little bit more absurd. And, but now it's like, I'm trying to come up with like my own, ver- my own cocktails and then try to also, you know, still do the thing where I would take situations and stuff. Mm hmm. As for my favorite cocktails, I got to give an honorable mention to the Max Secretion, which we actually tried. Uh, that's, like, that's yeah. Uh-huh. I have to I have to give an honorable mention there because like, I mean that one really encompass I think really encompasses Mac and me as a whole. I would yeah. have to say the drink I got to hang my hat on is actually from Santa's Sleigh. It was the Santa's oh. Sleigh Glug. Which just how in depth it went, like, and that's one of the reasons I'm proud of that one is like I did I did like fucking research trying to like figure out one for that one, like I went all the way to like Nordic countries for this like uh, holiday timed drink that families would make and then created my own recipe that involved Coors Light, a sh- like shots of Jack Daniels, cotton candy, a piece of bread, and tofu. You- you did historical references with Glug. Like, that shit was crazy. Like, is 
again, it's we both went we both went we both went fucking sicko mode on two different in two different ways. Like I just went like nuts with with like ingredients, and you went nuts with historical research and accuracy, and then incorporating classic American like drinking culture into it, which was just awesome. It was I remember just hearing about Glug, and I was just like. That's I was like, that's badass. I was like, that's so kick ass. <laughs> but I also wanted to give a shout out to my favorite situation that I came up with. Oh. It would have to be my cock my dive bar situation for a night to dismember oh. just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like of how fucking ridiculous and in detail I went about the bartender missing three teeth, where he takes a a jar like he takes the special drink that's just ever clear and like a, ch- a cheap dusty beer and he goes to the back and takes the drink back to you and it's red next thing you know you're throwing up in the bathroom next to a homeless person like i'm Absolutely. i'm proud of that one that's exactly that's a great situation <laughs> cocktail that best it comes as a night to dismember because you walk in and you go you go I don't want to ask questions, you know, maybe he knows what he's doing. And then you're just like, by the end of it, you're like, oh my God, like, oh, this is terrible. (laughs) Mike, do you have a favorite situation? Okay. So I, I, I think, I think my favorite situation cocktail, like there, there are ones that just sort of always like come into mind. Like, like, I think it was. I think an, I think one of the old school ones was uh, for Puppet Master, where it was mm. you have to burn age piece around an Irish coffee in order to <laughs> encompass it. Or the, or I think it was I think I don't I don't think it was for Sarah T. I actually it may have been for Sarah T. But it's but it's a but it's a but it's a glass of a glass of really nice wine that you spill on a couch. But you sort of just you don't want to you don't want to like let it go to waste, so you just like suck it up from the couch cushions. <laughs> but I think I think the most the most situational cocktail that I think I was like I was like I kind of hit it out of the park with this situation specifically was just the or it's one that made me laugh the most and go yeah that's about right was the drowning game show music for a night to dismember mm-hmm. like yep. Yep. I like like it's just 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 I don't know what my brain was on when it came up with that, but just but just that just that the idea of listening to the come on down to the like what's it called or like for fast money and the noise music as you're like chugging a drink and it's just your ears are hurting. It's just that was such a funny image in my brain. <laughs> And and dude, shout out real quick, shout out to everybody who listened to our uh, A Night to Dismember episode, because that's like what our second most downloaded episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That went that went that went up. That was really nice. It was like I was so funny hearing about the A Night to Dismember like going off because it was funny because I saw I saw that it was I saw that it was doing decently well, but I like kind of turned it off. Turned it off because I was like, I don't know, I got I got things to do. Yeah. And then you turned you texted me like an hour later. You're just like, hey, turn that back on. It's actually doing pretty well. I was like, oh shit. So I just scrambled over and I was like, son of a bitch, it's doing really well. Now, do we have between our two like, do we have an overall favorite cocktail of this podcast? I okay, if I was to pick now, granted, I don't know if this is the one that I think I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. I think mm-hmm. it's the most the one that I have the fondest, tightest memory of, and that's the back secretion, personally. Yeah. The back yeah. secretion is the most one, is the one that I think is the most personal of memories to me. It's just, 
oh my god! It's just just a the taste of coke. lemons is just burned in your mind. Yeah, it's just you just it's just you just have Midori just in your mouth with coke, and you're like, ah. We got to do another drink tasting at some point. Absolutely, I'm more than down. We got we got a repertoire. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm I'm also going to have to probably go with the max secretion just again because of the memories from the drink tasting and just having to drink that thing twice. I think, I think for me, if I was to give an honorable mention that was on my side, mm-hmm. I think I think the one that sort of brings shudders down my spine is the Sarah tea drink. <laughs> Which was just exactly you, you, if, if you heard my co-host, it's it's got bad memories for the both of us because it's sherry and vodka, fifty fifty in a mug, and oh my god, like that is that is like that is that is alcohol, like that is just alcohol. And you know, speaking of me, you know, getting disgusted, I have I have a question for you, Mike. What oh, no. what? is our nastiest cocktail and why is it horse jizz from Bucky Larson? <laughs> dude, that, that, dude, that, that vile episode is going to stick in my brain permanently. Like, oh Lord, that fucking, that cocktail in that movie. It's no, so horse jizz, for those of you who did not end up watching the Bucky Larson one, first off, go watch it because if you if you've heard us now as we're suffering, you have not heard us suffer until you've listened to the Bucky Larson podcast episode. But in any way, in any way, we did horse jizz where it's literally just uh, beer and milk. It is bilk, and it is. It's like if you turn, it's like if you thought to yourself, I wish my whole cream, whole milk had bubbles and tasted vaguely of bitter bread. It's, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, you wouldn't think to yourself that it's the worst drink you've had. And then you taste it and you go, okay, that's bad. Yeah, that one was, by the way, quick shout out to uh, Christian and Amy for helping us film that uh, taste testing video. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, y'all are y'all are troopers. Y'all are troopers. Y'all are troopers because y'all also had to have the smell of beer and milk just embedded in your nose. See, again, again, and remember, normally you would go, oh, okay, ha, 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 so it was bad. So you spat it out and did all that. And it's, no, I want to let you know the actual... My, my my co-host and I, we went we went out to get get to get something to eat, you know, as a celebratory, like, hey, thanks, hey, thanks for helping us shoot. Like, let's mm-hmm. go have like let's go have some food. Our stomachs were doing backflips for hours after we drank after we drank horses. Like that is how poorly it sat with us. It's just like you know when you drink like you have a full glass of milk and it just sits in your stomach. Imagine that, but like with bubbles. It's, just, <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's it is weird. Like there are so many moments where like they would look at we're like we're like we're like we're like we're like everyone would look at me or like or like my co-host and just go, "Are you all okay?" And we're like, "Yup, we're fine. We just." <laughs> It just feels real weird and not good weird. It's just it's just bad weird. And this was also after drinking 
four other disgusting cocktails. <laughs> so it was that really is, sitting uh, yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you know, when, it's, when you drink sherry, Max Secretion, uh, Samurai Cop, and like uh, horse jizz, you just suddenly get, it just suddenly gets, it suddenly gets gross. It suddenly gets gross. Now let's let's get away from just the disgustingness. By the way, re- real quick before we move on, I feel like Mike. I want to ask you this. I feel like we covered Bucky Larson a little bit too early in our podcasting journey. Oh, simply oh, because yeah. like you know we hadn't developed like that repertoire yet. So I have a feeling we're going to come back to it because that's kind of like our that's, our movie where we're like this is that garbage. Is, that is okay. Yeah, exactly. See again. The thing, the thing about the thing about Bucky Larson, which is so, which which I agree, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We, mm-hmm. oh my god, alive! We shot that, we shot that episode way too early, because mm-hmm. yeah, most of the time with these movies, we go hee hee, hoo hoo, how bad. But unironically, I have at, at, in my, I've watched some dog shit movies. I watched mm-hmm. Battlefield Earth with John Travolta, sober, like. And I want to tell you right now, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, is the worst movie I have ever seen. And unironically, I stick to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it has, it. Ha- there is not a single redeeming thing in that movie. And, and it has, and, you know, what was really funny was, as we sort of got closer and closer to our one year anniversary, Max, Max, you would turn to me a couple times and go, do you think we're going to cover something worse than Bucky Larson till mm-hmm. then? And I foolishly and naively actually had hope that we would. Mm-hmm. I actually sat there and thought, you know what, bud? Maybe, maybe, maybe something, maybe something will dethrone Bucky Larson. And no, nothing has dethroned Bucky Larson. Bucky Larson mm-hmm. is still the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire life. It yeah, is and, so bad. And after that episode, I was like, okay, this is not the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm definitely like, I was, I was, I was in the camp with Mike. I'm like, this is, I can't call this the worst movie movie I've ever seen. After a year of doing this podcast, I can call Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star, the worst movie I have ever seen. Like exactly wholeheartedly, without like, a shadow of a doubt. It's crazy. It's crazy because we've watched A Night to Dismember, which has some of the worst ADR. No, not some of which has the worst ADR I've ever seen. <laughs> You have we have we did happily never after, which is a terrible movie. It stars and it's 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 miserably animated. All the animated characters are in a fucking skybox, which is just which just looks terrible. And then we've even covered like we've covered a bunch of like crap, like mm-hmm. genuine crap. And it's still all of that stuff. We've still managed to find a singular thing in each of those movies to latch on to like. Like, I'm just trying to pull out another... Like, Glitter. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Glitter. Glitter has little to no redeeming qualities. The mm-hmm. thing that we were able to latch onto is the fact that Terrence Howard is dressed fucking ridiculously in the entire movie. And also, also the bit that we did about the intern holding a gun <laughs> to a cat, which, 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 goddamn, that, that, that saved us through the movie. But either way, like, we weren't able to do a bit to to save us like it, it we were just stuck which the really bit, hurt. the bit was our suffering yeah exactly the entire bit was we didn't like the movie but <laughs> okay yeah. so getting so, so getting back to some of the cocktails and getting 
as far away from Bucky Larson as fucking possible. God, I'm going to get a restraining order against that movie. <laughs> let's let's before we go on to some of the movies, Mike. What do you think is the most movie apt cocktail that we've come up with? Where you're like, this is the one that just embodies this movie. See, okay, see, my thing is, I think, I think with the, I think we need to break it into almost two camps. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because with our movie apt cocktails, the ones that I I- inherently, inherently, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer towards is the good movies that we did. Now, granted, mm-hmm. this movie this movie podcast is all about the worst. So it's not we're not exclusively the worst, but a lot of the times we cover the worst that Hollywood has to offer. But here, but every now and again, we like to remind. We would like to remind the viewers that we don't just cover shitty movies, that we cover actual movies in an attempt to get the people who love that schlock into real cinema, like real Mm -hmm. movies to get people to sit down and go, oh, yeah, this is a cool movie. I should actually watch more of this kind of stuff. So naturally, I'd actually steer towards the good movie cocktails. So Mm -hmm. stuff like stuff like the no country for old men the memento cocktail where it's a mm-hmm. nice whiskey it's that all those all those cocktails i feel like would best would be the best movie apt cocktails so for me i'm actually going to put a mental block a mental sort of like break and only cover the bad movies that we did mm-hmm. that i think is the most apt cuz i feel like that's more fair uh, cuz mm-hmm. i feel like it's unfair for the bad movies uh, I would say if I was picking, if I was picking one, I think that the one that I thought, the one that I thought was very movie apt was the, was, a this may be a little bit of a, of a left field call. Okay. But I'm thinking my favorite ones are the ones that we did for me, you mad this. Because I think that that movie is that movie's hilarious. The movie's weird, mm-hmm. and the movie is everywhere. And our sort of very simple, our very simple sort of like, like gaslight gatekeep girl boss cocktails that we did <laughs> were very funny. Like, like, mm-hmm. like yours being yours being the skinny margarita and a white claw. It's just that <laughs> feels like something that the character would be drinking or double fisting. Like in the Cosmo with Rufies that I did, I'm like, I could definitely foresee that being a part of the movie where she where she takes it, goes here, whatever the guy's name, I think his name's like Tucker or something like that. But he, like she gives him the she Rufies his Cosmo or something that feels very movie appropriate. So mm-hmm. I'm going to so for the bad movies, I'm going to pick uh, Me, You Madness. Our cocktails are the most movie apt in that one. Okay, now now I want to I want a little bit of a different way. I want for like just my my own specific movie apt cocktail. Now uh-huh. I went with my Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first drink that we did for that the, the my drink mm-hmm. for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because if you remember correctly, it was bacon bits on a rim, rimmed on with like I think you suggested the bomb hot sauce. You know, mason jar. So bacon bits, bacon bits on a grit on a glass rimmed with the bomb on a mason jar rimmed with uh, hot sauce. There we go. Sorry, words are hard sometimes. <laughs> and let's keep and pour in bathtub moonshine, and then go make yourself a steak, 
medium rare, and then take the steak juices, pour that into your drink, and that's what this that's what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is as a drink. I just feel like just with how hot and how just fucking miserable everyone actually was, and just the like horror that is ex- that is exposed with this movie. I think that just embodies it the best. Embodies Texas Chainsaw Massacre the best. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I do. I do like yours. Yours, your inclusion of a lot of the meat stuff really mm-hmm. like helps. Really helps as well because it helps push that sort of that that sort of pro vegetarianism sort of message that that Texas Chainsaw was that the original one was kind of pushing that mm-hmm. sort of that sort of that sort of dead animal juices like in there as well as like the hot sauce to make you to to give you that sort of visceral like sixth gear only sort of energy that texas chainsaw gives i really i really do think that fits i really do think that fits i really like i really like both of ours it's it's really fantastic we got some we have some bangers amidst our amidst our hodgepodge of just craziness like I think so, I think we have some we I think we have some good ones. Dude, man, I do too. I think we really I think I like our cocktails have really grown and changed over the years. But now, not over the year. Now switching away from the cocktails, let's look at the movies that we cover. Oh, all the way right. from No Country for Old Men to Unfriended to Bucky Larson to A Night to Dismember. Mike, what was your favorite movie that we covered? Okay. All right. So my favorite movie that, so there have been movies that we've covered that have been like, that have been bad. There are movies that we've covered that have been great, but the movie that I'll say was the one that I was the most excited for the one that I watched that I was like, yay. Oh, thank God we were doing it. And this also may just because in my brain, we just subjected <clears throat> ourselves just a shitload of a one mm-hmm. type of movie, but it was Drive. Drive is a movie that's very near and dear to my heart. And oh God. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yes. yes. He's he's very dreamy. He's very dreamy. But I want him to punch <laughs> in a rib cage. All right. A lot of violence. A lot of violence just just now. No. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So spit on me, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was memento. Maybe it was memento. No. But it was. But for me, my favorite. The reason I picked Drive is my favorite movie. Is one. The movie's genuinely really good. It really is. I, it's. I know the movie's very divisive. I know a lot of people like to shit on it just because Ryan Gosling does play the quintessential literally me character. But I genuinely think that Drive is a very good movie. It's a very good romantic movie. It's a very good action movie. And it's the best movie for people who want to, who I think want to get into deeper movies. Mm -hmm. Like it's very attainable. It's very easy to watch, digest. But it's also a movie that like keeps you interested afterwards, which I think is the hallmark of a really good movie. And I think that when you couple with the the, the just the just barrage of movies that we did mm-hmm. during Texas Chainsaw Massacre Month, and granted, Texas Chainsaws one and two, fantastic movies. Texas Chain Texas Chainsaw Three, I I laughed at and thought mm-hmm. it was pretty solid. It's it got had, it had Ray and Diego Mortensen. It had moments, mm-hmm. but 
just all the remakes, Leatherface in particular, God, fuck that movie. And it just kind of just left me, kind of just left me just wanting to just recharge. And when I heard that we were doing Drive, I kind of, my brain, my, my serotonin level started to fire again. Because there was like, oh, thank God we're doing a movie that you like. And I was, it, it just made it a lot easier. And I really did just enjoy the hell out of, out of recording drive. Now, I think we were, I, I think we'll, we'll probably get into like bet other, the other facets of good movies. I'm using air quotes right now as we, as we push forward in the podcast. But for now, my favorite movie that we, that we recorded was drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, for me, like I, again, I do the bit, you know, where Ryan, where I'm trying to like get Ryan Gosling to come <laughs> marry me and like do just unspeakable things to me, which is I'm probably on a list for that now. So, Hell yeah. it, for me, like again, Drive is an excellent choice. And I think when we covered it, it was a great kind of like palate cleanser. And again, like you said, best movie for some for like a new movie buff to get to watch and get into. Now, mm-hmm. I picked a little bit a. In the same month, but a different movie. Uh, that movie I picked was No Country for Old Men because uh, yeah. of just like the overall atmosphere. And I don't know. It's like I know that we are that the two of us are like very young in the grand in like the grand scheme of things. Like we're not we're not 30 yet. But even watching No Country for Old Men and like comparing it to like us to like the younger generations, I'm kind of like beginning to see what um what they're talking about with this movie and then also javier bardem's performance is absolutely fucking chilling and i oh, think yeah and I, again we we watched this movie after uh we covered this movie after uh uh thanks killing so it was a bit of a there was an interesting like we we sandwiched no country for old men in between thanks killing and avalanche sharks so just uh, just uh, like just sandwiched between these two killer <laughs> animal movies <laughs> yeah exactly it's it, it was very it was very funny because we just in the middle of in the middle of the hangover month we were just like we were just like fuck it we're doing thanks killing <laughs> just loop that in and then we were like oh cool let's get back to it and then we did no country for old men and yeah i agree i agree as a movie no Country for Old Men is just is just great. It is so mm-hmm. fantastic. It is it is like I think Javier Bardem's portrayal of Anton Chigurh is just will is like will go down in cinema history and kind of has already as one of the best bad guys ever. Mm-hmm. Like just flat out one of the best bad guys ever made. And it's just the entire movie is per- just start to finish. It is just fantastic. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's a, and, that's a fantastic pick. And dude, that ending too, just with how really sparkly and that that monologue. Oh my dude, that oh, like my. if if you guys have not done yourself the favor and watched No Country for Old Men, please for the love of God do because holy shit, that movie just. It, it hits you every time you watch it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now let's let's look at like some of the we've covered a lot of decades throughout this podcast. We've covered movies from the seventies. We've covered movies from the eighties, from the two thousands. Mike, if you could pick a like a movie that best embodies its decade, what what would it be? Okay, all right. So so so. 
let me see. So I'm looking, I'm looking through right now. I think if I had to pick a movie, the movies that really like, really fit the decade, I feel like. The ones that come to mind, Samurai Cop, easily, mm-hmm. far away. Mm. Samurai Cop, Samurai Cop, I feel like is a very 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Even though it takes place in the 90s, god damn it is an 80s movie. <laughs> well, you see, uh, I, actually, I actually have one that I think also best embodies the 80s. Oh, I'm t- really? I'm going to tell you what that one is. Oh. I think I think I think I know what it is. It's motherfucking radioactive dreams. <laughs> oh shit! Nope, never mind. That's <laughs> what, did you, what, did no, you, what yeah. were you thinking? Oh, no retreat, no surrender, dude. Well, I think no. When did no retreat? No, that one came out. I, I want to. We're going to talk about no retreat, no surrender, Lauren. Thank you for suggesting that movie for the podcast. But like, yeah, just radioactive dreams, dude. Just fucking watch. Go watch that movie. It's that is so ridiculously eighties. That is that is one thing. Yeah, I will. I will actually. I will totally take a pause to this and just address the audience. Go watch radioactive fucking dreams. You don't need to be drunk to watch that movie. Oh my <laughs> god, that movie's amazing. Watch radioactive fucking dreams. It is a crime that more people have not watched radioactive dreams. It is. <laughs> The, the they the soundtrack alone is nuts. Like it is insane. They put they put their whole they put their whole body into that damn into that damn soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it shows. Like I will I like I still to this day I am I'm playing Guilty Pleasures by Sue Sa- <laughs> by Sue Sad. Like it's I'm 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 with it. But Dude. okay, go ahead. I was gonna say no bullshit. Like. I was working on my own personal film, uh, short film during this time, and I'm not like I'm not even fucking with y'all. I put on no like a uh, sorry um, d- um, guilty pleasures right before I was about to go on set and start directing just to psych myself up and get excited. Yeah, you were like you were like oh yeah, gotta get into it, gotta get into it. <laughs> exactly. So okay, all right, all right, all right. So for me, the way I'm the way I'm putting everything together is I have the seventies. Which I have the '80s, and I'm I'm putting Samurai Cop as the '80s. That is, okay. I'm I'm hanging my hat on that. Samurai Cop is the '80s movie for me. For the '70s movies, I'm bouncing between uh, I Dismember Mama and A Night to Dismember. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with A Night to Dismember because that feels more '70s with mm-hmm. everything being their whole house being wood paneled and just mm-hmm. that really dingy urine yellow that was so that was so common at that time period i mm-hmm. really really think a night to dismember fits that energy and so mm-hmm. so we have a night to dismember for the 70s we have samurai cop for the 80s for the 90s movies we we haven't done a shit ton of 90s movies but if i was to pick one i think i really think barbed wire is my 90s movie they try see yeah see, again See, well, see, the thing is, is like, is like, I'm, 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 I'm going to be leaning on your radioactive dreams choice a lot because barbed wire does the same thing, but nineties and like mid to late nineties, not mm-hmm. early nineties when it's like grungy and stuff, when they're trying to do the super, like, yeah, we're cool. We're badass. Let's listen. Let's play some Limp Bizkit over the track. And you're like, oh God. Okay. So I think that that is a good nineties movie for my two thousands movie. I'm picking brats. I'm picking, I'm picking brats because 
the 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 outfits, the aesthetic, the man, high school's crazy, and they're in like this super multi-million dollar California high school. Mm-hmm. I think that's very that feels very 2000s. You see, I want to jump in here mm-hmm. and I want to say that I that I I picked a 2000s movie. Like I feel like Bratz best embodies like the late like mid to late 2000s the best. But if yeah, I had to pick a movie fair. to best embody what we think of as like early 2000s, it's got to be motherfucking Scooby Doo. I I knew you were going to pick Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby Doo's great. <laughs> I love Scooby Doo. I love Scooby Doo. I love Scooby Doo so goddamn much. Scooby Doo. Oh my god. Actually, yeah, you, that's fair. That's fair. You know what? Yeah, Scooby Doo is a fair fucking pick. But okay, so I think if we're gonna do the most of those of the string of those that I think is the most apt for the given decade, mm-hmm. I think I will be picking. I think I'm gonna pick a night to dismember. I really okay. think yep. that matches that decade in such a real way. Because I like to think of it as like they were they're 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 just beginning to cash in and realize that horror can be like marketed as an easy to churn out just splatter exploitation piece. Mm-hmm. They cashed in on that. All of the themes, all of the characters, the way they act, all of that is very in touch with that time period. Mm-hmm. Like all of the like they're all all it is is just the crazy like overacting the miserable ADR the visuals everything I feel like really encompasses the 70s in a real sense of the word. I really do. I think I think that is truly the most decade accurate movie that that we did. Mm-hmm. And for me it's it's a it's a it's a toss up for me between again Radioactive Dreams and Scooby Doo. Because both of those really embody the era. But I think I'm going to have to go with Radioactive Dreams oh, for the fucking soundtrack. I mean, it guys, is, oh. like I know we harp on the soundtrack a lot, but go fucking listen to it. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Please do yourself a favor and go it listen is. to the Radioactive Dreams soundtrack. It is insane how, how much effort they put into that soundtrack. It's all of Radioactive Dreams is magnificent. All of Radioactive Dreams is fucking magnificent. I, I will, I will not rest until everyone has 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 seen Radioactive Dreams. Oh my god, that, god, that movie's so good. Now I want to I want to switch gears a little bit, Mike. What do you okay. think was the best drunk movie to watch that we covered? Okay, all right, so. The way I'm the way I'm thinking about the idea of the best drunk movie, my my thought process when I hear that mm-hmm. is is what is a movie that is not good enough to watch sober, but once you are once you're once you're decently decently inebriated, not 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 wasted, not trashed, not like and not tipsy or buzzed. I'm talking about you're there, you're truly mm-hmm. drunk. A five out of I 10. think the be- yeah exactly exactly I think I think some of the best movies for that are if I had to really pick one I think I think one of our I'm gonna pick one of our early ones I really think mm-hmm. that we hit some heavy hitters back in the day I think mm-hmm. Chopping Mall is I think Chopping Mall may be my favorite drunk movie because mm-hmm. sitting down sober watching Chopping Mall of course it's got ridiculous moments that make you roll your eyes 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're – I think that you being inebriated, watching a robot that looks like Wally just roll around a mall and just kill teenagers <laughs> th- that all are just supposed to be various stereotypes of one another and they just follow the stereotypes so, so um, I guess, to the T. Mm-hmm. I think that really, like, I really feel like that 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 hits a nerve in a real way you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i feel like that i feel like that really hits you harder when you're three sheets to the wind because i feel like Mm -hmm. other stuff that you can pick like like i think like uh like deathbed or puppet master or even reptilicus Mm -hmm. like those either you have to be shit-faced Mm-hmm. Or you need to, or you can watch those dead sober. That's my, that's my big thing is like, mm-hmm. can I enjoy this when I have no drinks in my system? Mm-hmm. That was, that was the big difference for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think chopping mall is definitely like, again, sh- some strong episodes to start off with. I think chopping mall is a great, again, like you said, a great movie to like watch either, you know, like when you're, when you're there, it's fucking amazing. So like I I fuck I fuck with your chopping mall answer. Because you see, for me, you mentioned it earlier. For me, it's gotta be no retreat, no surrender. Oh. <laughs> Dude, because I mean because that is true. Because yeah. listen, sober, you can watch the fight scenes and be like, damn, that's pretty cool. But when you're three sheets to like when you're three sheets to the wind, dude. The fucking acting and like what, what's that? What's the, what's that one character's name? Uh, RJ? Is that who it is? Motherfucking oh, yeah. RJ. RJ. God, I love RJ. Just being like, yeah, and like just dicking around. Like, oh, I think I think it's amazing. In, and, like, and fake Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then fucking uh, Jean Claude Van Damme just kind of being there one scene, not showing up, and then all of a sudden he's back again. Like this, this movie <laughs> and the, like just the, the plot and just like the ripoff of karate. Like it's, it's great. Especially if you're a martial arts movie buff, this is, this is, would probably be like my go-to like guys, let's kick the night off. Right. Let's get some drinks in our system. Let's watch no retreat, no surrender, which well, that was, our, that was like our first episode to get over 30 downloads. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the first episode that really kicked off that mm-hmm. really made us go like, Oh shit. Okay. People watch this. It's, <laughs> Yeah, no, no. No Retreat, No Surrender always holds a very close place on my heart. I love No Retreat, No Surrender. That was a that was a that was an out of left field hit for me. Like mm-hmm. just yeah, everything 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 you just said, like I'm all about. Everything everything you just said. Like it is so great and the entire time that Bruce that that quote unquote Bruce Lee is on screen is just magical. It's so the ghost funny. It is of so Bruce Lee appears. He's, oh my god! In this movie, <laughs> I still love. I still love. My, my one of my favorite things is the is 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 the main character just going up to to Bruce Lee's actual gravesite and going, "Help me, Sensei Lee!" When every like martial arts nerd is like, "He's from China. He's not a sensei." You fucking idiot. <laughs> so. Let's let's look at the official hairstyle of the messed up at midnight podcast. If oh. you guys have been a long time listener, you guys know oh. <laughs> the official haircut 
is the mullet. Now, me and Mike are actually oh, growing oh. our. No, we're not growing our own mullets yet. Dude, <laughs> it's <laughs> in style. I, it's back in. It, mullets dude, are back, baby. We've come. We've come full circle, man. We are full <laughs> <come> circle. <laughs> Disco's on its way back, I swear. Yes. <laughs> Someone get me my platform boots and my leisure suit. But getting back to the mullet, we have to talk about the best mullet that we've seen on this podcast. Mike, I know what I know what mine is. What's your favorite? I know mullet? what mine is. I know what mine is. Okay, all right. I think, I'm we, have the same, I think we have the same answer, but we'll wait and see. Okay. I was like, we'll wait and see because we may have different ones. But I think the most majestic mullet, and this is like, this isn't like, this isn't like, oh my God, the mullet is like crazy or something like that. This is just the most like, I looked at it and I just went, that is a goddamn mullet if I've ever seen one in my life. Like, there are ones, like, I feel like the best mullet is not the craziest one. It's not the one that's got the most insanity to it. Mm hmm. A mullet, the best mullet is a mullet, kind of mullet that you can look at, point your finger at and go, hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. That, yeah, you, yeah, you've got yourself a goddamn mullet. And I feel like the one that best encompasses it is personally, it's the, it's the main bad guy from Samurai Cop. His Mm. mullet. I love his mullet. I love his mullet so much. It is, he's got a flat top. On his forehead, and then he's got a mullet down to his shoulders that flows. It is, it's beautiful. It looks like, he looks like he'd be, he looks like if he wasn't wearing a suit, he'd be listening to Leonard Skinner and like lighting a, lighting a metal barrel on fire. Like, it's just, it's so awesome. And plus he's got the Tom Selleck bushy mustache to go along with it. It's just, it all kind of encompasses everything. I love it. I fucking love it. Listen, our, our mullet achievement award could like again, and I had Samurai Cop too. Okay, mm-hmm. so oh, just, okay. but it wasn't just like Samurai Cop. It was just Samurai Cop as a whole is like oh, the best yeah. mullet ever. So I want to give Samurai it Cop is- our mullet achievement award. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, mullet mullets of the year, all all around to Samurai Cop. My God. Those, it was, it, dude, right off the bat, the best of a midnight podcast, we didn't, we didn't choose to talk about mullets. Mullets chose to have us in, to have us involved in their, in their world, in their culture. And cause dude, right off the fucking bat, like for episode one, off rip, day die, we just got mullet, mullet city. Like it was just nothing but mullets. Listen, I know there's like the mullet championships. So if you guys need like commentators or like special guest host, please hit up the two of us. Hit up me and Mike. We will do it. We we will will do it. it. Just fucking sign us up. We love a good mullet here. I I was like, we will talk about the best mullets. We will do the mullet championship. (laughs) We will sit down and do mullet analysis and like have the board and everything and do like draw circles and everything and talk about Mm -hmm. like, well, you see here, it's not like it's not enough bangs going on right here. That's that's, oh my god. We like what like we're John Madden in like the NFL on Sundays, just going like, now what you see here? What happened? And you're just like drawing like I will become a scholar of the mullet. Absolutely. Like we aren't already. Like we aren't already. We are mullet scholars. Don't sell yourself short, buddy. 
<laughs> now, a couple of the other bits that we've had going on on this podcast. One thing we've noticed a lot of these bad movies, these bad movies have glorious mullets, but also a little technique called the snap zoom, where it's like you zoom in on like you zoom in on something really fast, or zoom out of something really fast. And I got to give a shout out to the motherfucking movie, um, The Wicker Man. The snap zoom oh. there when Nick Cage is holding the, he's like he's like he wakes up from a dream. He's like, oh okay, it's all good. He's sitting in the dock. And then we snap zoom out, and there's just a fucking he's holding like a dead body, like that shit. Oh yeah, that is that oh, is like so glorious, and it's out of fucking nowhere too. So that's why I think Wicker Man has the best fucking snap zoom that we've seen. I so I I agree. I think the best snap zoom. Is is definitely going to be it, it, like I feel like the snap zoom would almost in, always be a Nick Cage movie for either mm-hmm. of us, but I gotta say the snap zoom that made me laugh the most is definitely the snap zooms in and this is a recent one in Zeroville when when it would just mm. be a snap zoom on Z- James Franco's gargoyle stone face and it would just be a random snap zoom on him and then it would pan over to Will Ferrell being super emotive and then it would pan back and snap zoom to James Franco who just just hasn't moved or changed his expression at all I don't know why but my brain thought I was hysterical like you have this big dramatic zoom in. On just James Franco, who's not doing anything. Like, he was literally just, just existing. Was, he's just, he literally is existing. And the movie is like, who's like, whoa, like zoom in. It's just fantastic. But yeah, the Wicker Man, I think, has the best singular snap zoom mm-hmm. moment. I can agree. I, I can agree, agree with that. I can agree with that. So let's look at, um, let's look at our most. Well, we already kind of covered it. <laughs> I, like, uh, we have a list of subjects that we're going to be talking about, and one of them is our most painful movie. And then I added, and why is it Bucky Larson? Which, I mean, we've already covered. I don't need to say anything else about Bucky Larson. It's yeah, yeah. So okay, all right, all right. For the so so we we've already said our piece about Bucky Larson and how that brings how pain. that is a painful, mm-hmm. painful movie. But okay, all right. Away from Bucky Larson. Let's let's pick. Let's let's go. What's number two? What's number two on the list? What's mm. number two? What what is I, the movie that you think I, it brings you pain? All right, I know I'll this let's one. Go first. Well, well, I thought I did, but now now I'm thinking about it. It's it's kind of a tie for me between Geely, which you know is bad, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Ice Pirates. Because that movie, we, we haven't, I don't think we've, we, we, I think we've kind of mentioned it here and there throughout this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about just how batshit insane and how tired Ice Pirates made us. <laughs> oh my God. I, dude, I, you know what? I had, I was going to sit there and do a whole thing on, oh my God. Yeah. Geely and, Glitter and sorority boys, Mo. The way those are some no ice pirates. Yeah, ice pirates. Because ice <laughs> we pirates. We need to I take a second a, to talk about that movie. That, see, that was a different type of painful. See, with Bucky mm-hmm. Larson, you're like, oh, I'm miserably unhappy. Oh my god, like, oh, I wish I had that hour and a half back. Ice pirates felt like a felt like I just ran a five k in like. I don't know, clogs. Like, it's just, I was just like, I was like, I'm just, I'm hurting. 
I'm exhausted. I'm just, I need, I need like a cigarette and a break. Like I need to just sit down for a second. Like what on earth? Yeah, that, that movie is absolute. I just remember having a headache after watching Ice Pirates. And, you know, my job is trying to keep track and explain everything, like kind of what's going on so you guys have context for it. That was when, like, my work was cut out for me. Like, I was fucking – like, my. I swear, my if my fingers weren't bleeding by the end of that movie, I don't know what will. Like, that shit made it's, me just so exhausted. It was – it was my favorite thing is just – it just – I think that I think that we had I think that that was our most most chaotic episode. Mm-hmm. I think personally, I think that us sitting down and trying to not only recant what happened but also provide commentary on an already absurd situation. It was just we that was we were really working at that mm-hmm. point. We were just like, oh my god, what the fuck happened? Okay, this happens, and then he's over here and he's doing this, but. We don't need to talk about him for another ten minutes, so let's quickly pan over here. It was just like it was so it was it was very frantic. And Ron Perlman's in that movie too, which threw me for a whole loop. Yeah, for some reason, you have not only Ron Perlman, but I think it's not it's not Catherine Zeta Jones. It's a fucking oh the the lady who plays I think Morticia Adams. But either way, yeah, they had some actual heavy hitters. Like in this, which was like really, which was really surprising. Yeah, yeah it Angelica, has Angelica Houston. There yeah, you go. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Ice Pirates. Uh, Mike, God, Mike, just, just, just a couple of more that I want to, that I want to, that I want to get out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mentioned this earlier. The worst on screen couple, it's got to go to fucking Geely. Either Geely oh, or Glitter. Yeah. I got it. Like either, yeah, exactly. one of those one of those two movies, my personal pick is Geely. Mike, Mike, what are your thoughts? I may okay, so I do I think Geely is oh my it, you're right. You're right. It is literally mm-hmm. Geely or Glitter. It's it's one or the other. This was a more recent one. As we started, as we went into the Christmas holidays and rolled out four Christmases, we were like, mm-hmm. oh, let's let's roll out some more like of these romance movies. Let's like Let's experiment see what works whole, yeah. It's a, yeah exactly it's a whole it's a whole new sort of genre so we threw in glitter and geely because they're both poorly received and they're both like they're both pretty like uh pretty they're like romance movies so mm-hmm. we were both watching it i personally am gonna go with glitter because mm-hmm. i think that not only did the on-screen couple in glitter not get along it was an actively toxic relationship mm-hmm. the guy in glitter is he is mentally gaslighting mariah carey at all stages he's he's very manipulative he's like he is i'm sure he's indebted to the mob or something because his 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 flat in new york is insane like it is it's a whole host of of reasons why i think their on-screen presence as a couple is genuinely bad i think geely's geely's brought me the most physical pain but i Mm -hmm. feel like the glitter couple was the one that made me stop and go okay this is a hallmark bad couple (laughs) like actually this is what you should not be as a couple (laughs) yeah dude glitter and you know you did mention four christmases but i feel like that one was the worst Probably the worst chemistry between the two, simply because the actors just did not vibe together. That, like, that is was probably true. the most that like off true. screen. You know, for all we know, uh, Mariah Carey and whoever played the 
DJ guy in Glitter. Von well, you know, D, not Von D. Curtis. No, That's Von a Curtis, whole different person. Von D. Curtis was the director. Yeah, Von D. Curtis. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever his name was, like they at least seemed like they got they got along. They just didn't have that like acting chemistry. That so, is true. That is true. It's yeah. The the, oh, the worst chemistry definitely goes to goes to uh what is what's her name Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Yep, mm-hmm. Definitely goes to the two of them. But I definitely just think that. But but moving past that, because I don't think that necessarily warrants a bad on-screen couple. Granted, that is a that's like seventy percent of it. But mm-hmm. there's another thirty percent that also needs to be needs to be mentioned. And I think Geely and Glitter not only have bad chemistry, but also that extra thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cup. So have good chemistry if you're going to be making a romance movie. That's what you can learn from this. And Mike, let's what one more thing, man. What was the most surprisingly good movie for you okay all right <laughs> okay it's obviously radioactive dreams but we're gonna keep moving we're gonna keep moving yes we're gonna yes, keep moving yes. and pick number two i'm gonna pick number two we can geek over radioactive dreams again but i'm gonna say i have to say reptilicus was pretty fucking hilarious I I expected because people are like Reptilicus is a dog shit movie. Oh my god, it's bad, bad, bad. And they're right; it's a terrible movie. I was mm. laughing hysterically at Reptilicus. So like, funny! It is hysterical. Like the, the the monster they have in Reptilicus is a melted. It, it literally looks like it's been melted with a heat gun. And then they literally you can see the strings as it like as they like rear its head like a puppet, and it's. It's so funny that in like the first, the first, I guess it's not CGI'd, but like the first death where it's the mm-hmm. guy getting eaten by Reptilicus and it's literally like, li- like listeners, I'm not joking. It's literally a cutout of several pictures of the man flailing all superimposed frame by frame. To look like he's he's getting eaten by Reptilicus. Dude, My the, house, the house destruction scene in Reptilicus is just so bad, but it's and, and so that, funny. That and also Reptilicus destroying the city. It's so funny because <laughs> when you think of monster movies, monsters destroying the city, it looks like obviously it looks like a model town. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, CGI didn't come until like the eighties, so you're gonna you're gonna expect it to look a little corny, but like. At least in like the OG Godzilla, he's actually destroying stuff and like mm-hmm. causing havoc. And you can see you can you can suspend your disbelief enough to go, whoa, he's destroying the town. Mm-hmm. Not in Reptilicus. Reptilicus, they're like, oh my god, he's destroying the town. Doesn't destroy a single building. He all he does is gently lay his neck and head on a building and then drag it across the roof and go to another building and do the same thing which is he just fights like a really large giraffe yeah exactly he's just swinging his neck around like he's just he really does fight like he fights like a giraffe like it's so it's so ridiculous like i really think outside outside of radioactive dreams and i'm gonna let Mm -hmm. you geek out over radioactive dreams but i I do think that replicus is number two Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, Radioactive Dreams, most surprising movie, I would have to say. But like the second one, I'm I'm going back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre Month for a movie oh. that surprised the both of us. Because I remember when we started recording it, we, we were both like really hesitant about saying anything. We were like, 
wait, did, did, did you actually like this movie? And you're like, oh my God, yeah, I did. And like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so again, mm-hmm. it's not a good movie, but this one, this was the most surprising one for me. And that would be Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that movie. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just because of all the shit Texas Chainsaw movies that we watched, but watching this one, I gotta say, pretty fucking enjoyable. There's some cool yeah. kills. There's some, you know, it made me laugh. So, I mean, I just remember like watching, I was like, I didn't, I feel like I should hate it, but I didn't. I kind of had fun with it. Like, I feel like yeah. mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D definitely is that movie that you can have on at a Halloween party and y'all will just have a blast with it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, it's the movie that you can walk out of, not have anyone pause Go make yourself a cocktail, pop some popcorn, talk to someone, say how you doing, and then come back and you just watch someone get like their stomach chainsawed, and you're like, you're like, didn't miss anything. Like, and, pl- and plus the three, like the three D, the three D, the quote unquote three oh D. When it's so obvious, like Leatherface throwing the chainsaw at the screen or the chainsaw coming directly towards you, like oh, watching it now, so- it just kind of makes you cringe inside a little bit but you know what it may it makes you laugh and uh-huh. it, and it, you know when i laugh when i laugh i'm having enjoyment so that's why i gotta say like a big surprising one texas chainsaw 3d oh yeah i i absolutely agree i could not agree more like texas chainsaw 3d i i totally forgot that yeah texas chainsaw 3d was actually surprisingly great like obviously it's not a good movie it's not like a movie that you're like wow that was really but the movie, the movie has great kills and it's hilarious. And you get to hear Alexander Daddario say, do your thing, cuz. His Leatherface is just goring a man. Like, I will say that's bad. Just, that is bad. That is objectively horrible. You're like, I, you're like hey, I'm calling a spade a spade. I did not like that. Now, now, Mike, just, just wrapping a couple of things up, man. Uh, first of all, again, um, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. And if you've been with us on this journey, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have no yeah. idea how much your support means. And um, of course, yeah, I just like I, I just have, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody, you know, for taking the time because I know there's a lot of content out there. And, and for the simple fact that you guys are choosing to listen to us, choosing to, you know, follow us on Instagram, choosing us to choosing to like retweet us and all that. It just it just means the world to us. So audience, thank you so much for being a part of this journey along with us. And we look forward to many, many more years to come. Yeah, absolutely. We're not slowing down in any capacity. We we really do appreciate everyone sticking through it, listening to the content, uh, sharing it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's I mean, the world of podcasting isn't exactly scarce. There are plenty of options, but yeah, we appreciate mm-hmm. that you guys have stick with us. And yeah, there's this this train's gonna keep rolling. We are we're we've got plenty of shit in the pipeline. We got plenty of cool stuff we're trying out. We got some new stuff that we're trying out. Like it's yeah, strap in this this coming year. I'm 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 personally really excited for Max. Are you ready? Are you ready for the new stuff, dude? I, I'm fu- I'm fucking ready. Mike Mike, what what type what 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 can people expect on the horizon? Okay. All right. So let's go through it. So we've already started to uh, roll out some roll out some news content on our socials. As you've seen, we're planning on keeping that rolling, getting a little bit more in depth, and 
just sort of really tapping into like what's going on in modern Hollywood, because I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast, but modern Hollywood isn't exactly on our, on our radar. Mm-hmm. So we're trying, we're trying to cover, we're trying to cover both, both ends of the spectrum, all the, mm-hmm. all the old stuff buried underneath the ground and all the new stuff that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, we're thinking about, we're, we're going to take, we're going to take some shots of potentially bringing some people on, you know, adding some extra stuff, maybe throwing, maybe throwing interviews with people, uh, up on, up on not only YouTube, but also our, also the main podcast where, where you, where you usually catch your stuff on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have some, we have some, we have some interviews with people that we're, that we're thinking about, that we're thinking about having. And yeah, you should really stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, because we have some we have some really cool stuff, and and we also have our our theme months. So we have our hangover month, our celebrity month, which is which is on the horizon, and you know, the 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 double feature extravaganza, which is going to happen again. We're 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 doing a whole a whole new crop of movies. So yeah, stick stick with us, stick with us for that. And you guys might even catch us at a film festival in you know the coming Absolutely. months. We've talked that's something we've talked about doing, going to some festivals, yeah, uh, networking with a bunch of people, trying to get them on the podcast, like like uh, like Mike Absolutely. said. And um, you know, we're like Mike's in Mike's in Chicago, I'm in Atlanta, so you guys might catch us at a festival around there. So you know, just Absolutely. stay just stay tuned for that. And if you guys, if there are any festival directors out there that want to, you know, they're like, hey, come to my festival, you know, let us know. Shoot us a DM, shoot us an email. And uh, we'd we'd love to be a part of it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, once again, thank you, you know, for being a part of this journey yeah. with us. Yeah, we appreciate it sincerely. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, do you, do you have anything else you want to say? Because all I got to say is thank you. Yeah, you know what? Normally there's a quip involved, but no, it's just thank you. Thanks for watching. Stick with us. We got some cool stuff coming. But yeah, yeah stick, thank you sincerely stick with us. And Mike, thank you. For agreeing to do this fucking thing with me. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, man. I, it's, this is, damn, this has been a whole lot. There have been some, there, there have been, there have been highs and there have been fucking lows, but <laughs> it's, uh, but either way, it's, it's been, it's been nothing but fun. And I literally, mm-hmm. literally have had a ball the entire time. All right, guys. Well, let's see what the new year, let's see what this new year of content holds for us. And, um, yeah, we'll see y'all next time. See you next time, everybody.